Cooper Cup said during an interview with the Dan Patrick show, unprompted, mind you, who are some of the best cornerbacks that he faced over the last couple of years? And he mentioned Jalen Johnson, a, a player that we have a lot of faith in moving forward. And it goes back. And listen, you, you know, I know a lot of us uh, Bears fans, we get heckled. People think that we're trying to make Jalen Johnson a thing, a, a shutdown corner. But listen, if you don't want to hear from me, if you don't want to hear from Bear Down Cuz or Draft Dr. Phil or Ill Will, uh, maybe you'll take the word of the Super Bowl MVP. Maybe Cooper Cup's word will carry a little bit because Jalen Johnson is on the cusp of being a superstar. And then you combine him with Kyler Gordon, hopefully the rebirth of Eddie Jackson. He brought in Brisker from Penn State. There is an opportunity for this Bears secondary to be the absolute strength of the team. And I don't think a lot of people are ready for that. For that. They want to they say that we're going to win two games or we're, we're not going to be very good. It's going to be a struggle. I don't know if that's going to be accurate. But again, don't listen to me. You can listen to Cooper Cup. But right now, listen to me because I'm going to say, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. We have a big show for you. If you're familiar with my work on the uh, NFL Fantasy Live show, you know that Clay Harbor is one of my dudes. He's going to be joining us here in a matter of minutes. So excited to finally have him on. But you know what? There's a lot going on in the NFL. OTAs are going to be starting here next week for the Chicago Bears, or perhaps they're going on right now, depending on when you're listening to the show. One last chance to take a look at this group before they head off to their summer vacation, like when all the guys are allowed to leave the oil rig on Armageddon, they're going to be out places unknown doing their thing before they come back to training camp. So there's a lot of stuff. One last look at the progression of Justin Fields and, and things like that. Uh, we had some retirements in, in the NFL, like Ryan Fitzpatrick has been, re he's retired, which is unfortunate because now what do announcers talk about when they can't say that Ryan Fitzpatrick Went to Harvard. What are they going to have left to say? There's not much they can say. Of course, Frank Gore also retired. I wonder, you know, think about this. We'll talk about this at the end of the show. Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer? Put that in your mind. Think about that. Let that let that swirl around a little bit because right now I want to bring on our guest. I don't want to make him wait too much longer. Uh, he is a, a man from Dwight, Illinois, who went to Missouri State, worked his way being a fourth-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. He played for the Eagles. He played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and then he went on post-NFL career. You might know him from The Bachelorette. Uh, he's well-versed. He's a great guy. He's a great Twitter follow as well. But please welcome to the show, Clay Harbor. Clay, so excited to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm out here in Chicago as we speak. I'm uh, in West Loop, Chicago. I'm from Dwight, Illinois, like you said, born in Libertyville, Illinois. I was born a Bears fan, been through the thick and the thin. It's been a lot of thin um, throughout my uh, my lifetime, unfortunately. Too much I just, yeah, I just had uh, lunch with my dad at uh, local par parlor pizza in West Loop. And the whole time, oh, no way. So, yeah, he's talking to me about the Bears, lifetime Bears fan. 
He's a big 80. Always talks to me about the 85 Bears. I'm hoping um, one of these days soon that I can see one of these championship teams like we did in 1985. And he always talks about. So whenever I have kids, I'll have something to tell them about, you know, a great defense, great team. Yeah, my dad never shut up about the 85 Bears. It was it was the highlight of his sporting life of following the Bears for so many years. I will say this though, you were um you're from you were born in Libertyville. That's if I'm not mistaken, isn't that close to the Wisconsin border? Do we have a do we almost lose you cuz that that's too close for comfort, I think. Yeah, it's close. Honestly, it's it's close to it's close to the Wisconsin border. I was actually from um I, I grew up in Waukegan before I moved down to uh Dwight, Illinois, which is more central Illinois, but I uh, grew up yeah. in Waukegan. Okay, see it's very scary. Who was the guy though? Uh, when you were growing up, who was the Bears player that you liked the most? Man, I, I mean, I got a, I was a wide receiver, so I don't know if you remember some of these names, but I mean, Curtis Conway, of course, um, Marcus Robinson, um, Booker, Marty Booker, uh, some of those guys. I mean, I was, I remember, I remember the Super Bowl game, you know, with mm-hmm. Rex Grossman, and uh, you know, Hester returned the first opening kickoff. I'm at college at Missouri State University, which is a Missouri Valley school. If you're familiar. Of They've course. got Illinois schools such as uh, Illinois State and Southern Illinois. But uh, I remember that game, watching it with my brother in my basement in college and thinking we're about to win the Super Bowl. But uh, Marcus Robinson, Curtis Conway, Marty Booker, those guys were some of the receivers. When I was growing up, coming up, I'd always watch and like them. I even like like Johnny Knox before his injury happened. Um, yeah, You know, Justin Gage had a, had a good little uh stint with the bears just looking back at some of those guys desmond clark i was a tight end i used to like desmond clark you know when i started playing tight end and uh those were those were my favorite players yeah curtis conway was one of my guys he he went to he went to one of the law i think it must have been long beach poly uh yeah. went to usc then he went to use then he obviously he went to the chicago bears so he was always somebody that i loved like that was one of my favorite guys uh, when I was growing up a little bit too, he's, a, he, I'm actually closer. I'm actually not far behind him age wise, but yeah, I remember him. Like he was somebody that we looked up to in Southern California. So to see him go to the bears was a thrill. A uh, lot of good. That was a good team though. That, that 2006 team with Lovey Smith, you love the way they play defense. You love the special teams. Briggs, Mike Brown, you have Hester though. That was a great team. Loved watching it. Didn't miss a game. That was uh you know, the Denny Green, you know, the Bears are who we thought they were, you know, yeah. that year they, they beat them. <laughs> so that was a fun season. No, that was amazing. And that was, a, I think that was a Leinert game because I think Leinert was the quarterback of the Cardinals. And I remember just the way that unfolded like that, that couldn't have been better. It was such a fun time to be a Bears fan. And I know that we're both kind of like, I was alive when the 85 bears won the super bowl, but not like as a lucid adult, you know, where I would yeah. really be able to, where I'd really be able to enjoy it. But I will say this clay, and I, I would like to get your opinion on it with Matt Eberflus and yeah. with a lot, and when you hear him talk and you, you hear, or you see the way that Ryan polls address the draft, does it, you, you start to get that feeling like this feels a little bit about the feels a little bit like the lovey Smith era. You know, I like, you know, I, I like Eberflus. I like how Poles, you know, did address the draft. I think that Fields, you look at it, Fields last year, I, I don't think they gave him a lot of help and he didn't come into the season. You know what helps a lot is when you're a quarterback and you know this team is your team and you get mm-hmm. to go through the offseason, the OTAs, a training camp, and you get to establish yourself as a leader. You know, he didn't have that last year. 
Yeah. We had we had, you know, you had Foles and obviously you had Dalton as the coming into the season were the two guys that were uh were going to be the leaders of this football team and start. So I think that's going to be big for for Fields. He gets a full year, you know, he gets the whole offseason, you know, instead of coming in the draft as a leader and he knows what his players and and, and everybody's raving about him in the OTAs, how hard of a worker he, worker he is. He loved to see that. And I, I think we gave him a little more help than people give give him credit for. Mm-hmm. I know we've been getting murdered in the national media. The Bears have for Eberflus. Get this guy a receiver. I think I think Mooney is a good player. Yeah, I think he's a great player. I think he. I remember when I first saw him. I go, this guy can play. He runs good routes. He has good hands. He he's got good run after the catch. And I think we found some decent uh, some decent talent for. A discount you know i think pringle can play i think st brown can play then we drafted uh Velsus jones i haven't really got to see him yet but i've heard good things you know in college looking at some of his tape i know he's a little older but hey i hear he's a hard-working guy and he seems like he's got it going and i think the most underrated position group obviously i'm a tight end guy on this yeah. team people saying the bears need better tight ends i think this is a strength in my opinion the tight ends i know some people won't agree with me no, I love it. I think it's I know obviously Komet got better. He's ranked 12th in receptions and 12th in yards in the tight ends in the in the NFL in the NFL last year, which is solid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can get better. He only had one touchdown. Whatever, he can improve there. But who I love, and these are guys I've played with in the past and, and have relationships with. And I'm not saying this just because I know him. Right. Um Ryan Griffin can be a starting yeah. tight end in this league. He can catch the ball, he can block. James O'Shaughnessy with the Jaguars. If you have 200, tr- trust me, I played with the Jaguars for four years. Yeah. You have 253 yards with the Jaguars, the worst offense in the league. That's you're a solid player. Those aren't easy yards. You're not you're not getting yards like you are if you're with the top offense. Back when I was playing with the Jaguars, we signed Julius Thomas coming off of 1,200 yards with the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. He comes to Jacksonville Jaguars, same exact player, same skill set. That next year he has 300 yards. <laughs> if you're with the number one offense, you go the worst offense. You're the same player, still a great tight end. You're just not going to have as many opportunities. I think this tight end group, they can all block, they can all catch, and under the radar, I think you can see some two and three tight end sets and these guys can play outside too both of them griffin o'shaughnessy Komet. you can do a lot with these tight ends and nobody's been talking about it but i think that will be something that the bears can use to keep defenses off balance on on offense is utilizing these athletic veteran tight ends that are going to know what to do they know how to block and then obviously commit your guy but the two backup guys griffin o'shaughnessy i will go to bat for all day and twice on sunday Absolutely. And it's one of the things, you know, doing the fantasy show, we used to do a set, we still do a segment called That Helps No One, where we sometimes, and no disrespect, Clay, we find the guys who might not be the superstars, but they catch the touchdowns. I remember yeah. you played for the Philadelphia Eagles. One of your first games, I think you were playing against the 49ers. I think it was, you had a yeah. touchdown. You had like, you had, you had a, like three receptions for, you had a great game. Yeah. And it's frustrating because, like, you know, like here, Clay Harbor, like, thank you. Like, you come out of nowhere. You stole it. We were starting not – I'm trying to remember who the Eagles received. Brent Selleck, probably the tight end. Brent Selleck, yeah, somebody like that. Like, Clay Harbor's getting his touchdowns. Yeah, Jeremy Macklin, one of those guys, yeah. But you notice these players, like, and there's obviously ability. Like, we watch – like, I've seen every – I listen, I've seen every one of your – every one of your touchdowns. Yeah. I've put every one of your touchdowns on the air. And you watch the film, and you're like, that's a nice play. 
And O'Shaughnessy and Ryan Griffin, who we call the family guy, we you can see like these guys find a way to get open. So I'm with you. When people look at this, like obviously it's not Kyle Pitts or yeah. somebody like that, but these are guys with ability who can play. And I think a huge thing too, and tell me what you thought over the last couple of years when you watched Matt Nagy's offense, it feels like they never capitalized on all these great players that they had. They had Jimmy Graham. Like it just seemed like yeah. they never took advantage of them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, disclaimer, I'm a big Matt Nagy fan, right? When I was with the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, Matt Nagy was our quality control coach. I was with the Eagles for three seasons. Nagy was, you know, quality control is basically the yeah. assistant of the coaching staff. Like these guys, yeah. you know, they do whatever the coach, they're just running around doing something. Nagy was my, I'd be like, Nagy, come out and throw me balls before <laughs> practice. Nagy's like, all right. He's a great quarterback. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Before the game, like, hey, Nags, let's go out. You throw me, you throw me some passes, get my hands warm. All right, Clay, right away. You know, he was that guy, and he was just such a nice, genuine guy. He's crazy. I'm like, wow, Nagy went – he's a head coach now? This was the this was the quality control guy, literally the bottom of the totem pole. Dude, yeah. I would just I would just BS with during practice. You know, we'd have a script. I would stand by him because I liked him more than my tight end coach. I'm like, yo, what's the play? <laughs> All right, and I talked to Nagy. But Nagy did miss on a lot there. I think he had some guys. You know, you got to be able to utilize Jimmy Graham the right way. Obviously, Jimmy Graham's not looking to block anybody, especially yeah. at this point in his career. He was a third-round pick. In my draft class, I was a fourth round pick, 2010. So Jimmy Grant's always been his forte. Get him down the red zone, you know, score some touchdown, jump ball, slant. You know, you got a route tree if you get him in one on one coverage. You know, have a have a have a play to where, depending on the coverage, linebackers where he's at, you run a slant, and if if the linebackers out in the throwing lane, you run a jump ball and you, and you get the ball, to Jimmy Graham. You know, mm -hmm. you got Komet, you can utilize him. But uh, I, I think this year will be a good season. I think we got some uh, some good offensive minded coaches. And yeah. I think he's going to utilize fields in the right way, move him around a little bit. He's not Aaron Rodgers. And I know you got to, you know, you get, he's got to realize that, that, Hey, you know, you've been working with Aaron Rodgers for the last few years. Now you get Justin Fields, completely different players. And then on the, on the flip side of that, you got guys saying, Hey, this, this coach worked with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's like, okay. That's like somebody coaching Michael Jordan the last two years of his career and trying to take uh, credit for Michael Jordan winning <laughs> a couple championships or having a great offensive staff. Like, hey, you got to show me something now. Now that you got a young quarterback, this is when you have to coach. This is when you show what your value is in this league. Not coaching a guy that's been there, seen every defense, knows more than you know, almost all the quarterbacks in the league as far as what he's seen and what he's done. So looking forward to seeing how they do this year with this staff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that again, like in full disclosure, I'm I liked Matt Nagy as a yeah. I, I thought I, I wanted him hired. Like when they hired yeah. him, you can go back. Like there's it's it's verified. Like there you can go through my my articles on NFL.com. Like I liked hiring Matt Nagy. I like yeah. him as a person. Like I thought yeah. like there's a lot of things. I like the club dub. I like that. I just think sometimes when you try to do too much as a head coach, maybe that's a little bit daunting. And this, you know, one of the benefits of having you know, Eberflus in charge is that he's allowing Getze and his offensive staff to go out there and, and kind of design some plays. And you see, you know, the success that they had. And again, I know Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the football, but yeah. you look at the success like Robert Tunyon had. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of years ago, he had double digit touchdowns. Like yeah. I look at, and I guess that goes back to your point. Like, look, this could be a good part of our offense. No, absolutely. He gets a lot of guys involved and, and that's what you got to do. You know, and I think this offense, there's not many big names. 
But I love that. It gives guys an opportunity yeah. to step up. Komet's a young guy. He sh- should have a breakout season this year. Good tight end, big part, big target. I'm a fan of Komet. I think he's athletic. He can block pretty well. He's willing. He's young. You know, as a tight end, when I watch a game, the first thing I got to try to talk myself out of watching the tight end because just <laughs> naturally throughout the years I'm watching, I'm like, oh, watch the game as a tight end. Okay, what coverage is it? What should he do there? Okay, maybe he shouldn't have did that. That that's a pretty bad footwork right there for a block. But I like I like Komet as a natural critic, natural tight end that's played in this league and had to be a technician because I'm a little undersized. I like what he does. I like his routes. You know, obviously, I think David Montgomery is one of the more underrated players in this league. I know his average yards per carry wasn't great last year, but if you mm. watch his yards after contact, I think Montgomery's going to have a breakout year. He stays healthy. I love David Montgomery. People ask me, who do I think the best player on the Chicago Bears is? Obviously, you got the Ro- Roquan Smith guys. Right. Deserve- deservedly so. But right now, I'm going with David Montgomery. I-, I love him. I think with that running game, you give him a steady diet of David Montgomery. You mix in some two or three tight end sets and I think there's a lot you can do with this offense with that guy. And I also want to shout out one of my good friends. I actually uh, worked out with a lot this season because he's a Chicago native and he's the backup quarterback, Trevor Simeon, Northwestern yeah, guy. So uh, Sim City, I call him. But, uh, you know, I love love Trevor. Can't, I'm, love I'm so Trevor. happy he's in Chicago. Yeah, Northwestern guy, like coming yep. back home to play for the for the hometown Bears. Have you talked to him? Like how excited is he to be a part of this team? Oh, he's pumped. His wife, his kids here. He would have to come back here in the offseason. He had me, you know, I'm 35 years old now, going out in the field and running routes for him. I'm running wide receiver routes. I'm running tight end routes just so he can get his work in because his family's here. You know, when he's going to New Orleans last year, and it's funny talking to him last year. He was like, man, I just – they drafted a quarterback. You know, we got Jameis. They got – Yeah, they had um, Ian Book, yeah. And they got Hill. And he's like, dude, he's like – I'm going to get cut. He's like, man, maybe I should just ask for my release. I'm like, hey, you just got to work through it, man. Just see what, you know, tell him, tell him what you're thinking. And they said it was an open competition. He went out there and played well, got some reps. And now he signed a nice deal back at home in Chicago. You know, a uh, great guy, hard worker. And uh, it's great that he gets to be here because his home's here. His home was here when he's playing with New Orleans, his house, his, his people, you know, he loves it here. So it, it really worked out great for him. No, I could not be more thrilled for him. And you know, and I, you know, I'm a big, I like Nick Foles, but when they, when it was Trevor Simeon who was coming in, you're like, okay, that, that makes perfect sense. And I love him. And we're, you know, a lot of people, when you grow up in Chicago or the Chicagoland area, it's like, are you a Northwestern person? Are you an Illinois person? Yeah. What is it? My family skewed Northwestern. So it worked out perfectly. Like, ah, yeah, this, this couldn't have been better. Although, and you get Notre Dame people too. So they're happy with Cole Komet. And going back to the, the Cole Komet, the, the breakout thing. Now, it's funny when you're talking about running receiver and tight end routes, you played both positions yeah. at, uh, at Missouri State. I'll, I want to get to that in a second, but I've often heard this about the tight end spot, that it's probably the most difficult position to master because you have to basically learn everything that an offensive lineman does, but you also need to know all the routes. Is that accurate? Absolutely. I came into college as a wide receiver and um, I gained 60 pounds in college. They moved me to tight end. I almost transferred because I was so mad. I didn't want to play tight end. But honestly, it's a life hack. If you have a, if somebody, if somebody listen to this, you got a son that's a good wide receiver, but not great. And he's fast. See if you can gain some weight. And if he's tough, you're going to be a good tight end and you have a chance because uh, it's such a tough position. But if you have that wide receiver skill set and you can run rounds like run around like that, and you can put on some weight. 
that's an advantage. Now you're a wide receiver running against linebackers and safeties. I remember going in college from wide receiver. I was a backup receiver at Missouri State as a freshman. Yeah. It's hard. Next year they move me. They move me to tight end, and I go no way. I go. This is how difficult this position is. I go from running against these cornerbacks. Now I'm running against a middle linebacker half the time, and a and an outside linebacker and a safety. I go, man, this is easy. Obviously, the hard part comes with these wide receivers is blocking. Yeah. I was a tough, scrappy guy, so I just had to put on the weight. If you're a scrappy guy, you can put on some weight. You got a chance to make the league if you got the size. So the problem is you got to find a guy that can do both because the benefit of a tight end comes with matchups. Yeah. If you're a tight end that can't block, they're going to just guard you with a nickel cornerback. You know, if you can block as a tight end, then they got to bring in an extra linebacker because you're going to oh, manhandle yeah. the nickel, the nickel cornerback. And they're gonna you're gonna run the ball down their throat. So if you got to be able to block, that's why Gronk, in my opinion, is the greatest tight end in NFL history. I think Travis Kelsey's great, and obviously receiving wise, he's great. But Gronk can block like an offensive yeah. lineman. This guy is a bone crushing blocker. He's got perfect technique. His hands are inside. He makes plays. When I was with New England, I remember I was so excited about the experience just to watch Rob Gronkowski play. To this mm -hmm. day, I can't tell you why he's the greatest. He just is. I'm looking yeah. at his routes. I go, okay, that's nothing crazy. His hands, I mean, he'll drop a ball here or there. His hands aren't crazy. You know, I'm looking, I'm like, wow, like this guy just, you know, he's a great blocker. He can move, he can run, he makes plays in traffic. But it all comes back to that full service tight end, tough position to master. You got to be able to have the right footwork, be able to block and run routes and make catches in traffic. Yeah, and you got a late start too because when you were in high school, you are pro predominantly a basketball guy or baseball, yeah. but you – how, when did you switch over to football? So I, was, I played football my whole career, but I wasn't very good. I, I didn't care as much about football as I did right. basketball. I was a point guard. I was a skinny point guard in basketball. I could I could dunk from a step inside the free throw line. I wish they had phones back then. <laughs> stuff, so my, my friends don't believe me because now, you know, heavy ducks can't fly. But when I was 170 pounds, I could jump. And then – um. My senior year came around in football, and I had I was all conference player, but I had a really good season. But I'm from such a small town in Dwight, you know, you're playing two A football in Illinois in yeah. eight classes. It's tough to get noticed, but I had like 22 touchdowns, you know, 1500 yards, and then I got hurt my senior year of basketball. So the teams that are really looking at me dropped out. So I'm like, all right, I might as well go play play football with my brother, who had got a scholar football scholarship the year before to go to Missouri State, mm -hmm. and uh, so I decided to go play football with him. And I, at first, I was regretting it a little bit. I got redshirted as a wide receiver. Then the next season, I'm a freshman. I'm not playing much. I'm a backup wide receiver. Then the next year, a couple tight ends get hurt. And they're like, Clay, you're our biggest receiver. We want you to move here. And that's when I said I was thinking about transferring. I'm like, dude, I don't yeah. want to play tight end. Then I ended up playing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a lot easier to get open and make plays as opposed to being a wide receiver. I think I could have got better, and maybe if I would have been really good, I could have made all-conference receiver or something, but definitely not uh, three-time All-American, you know, get drafted in the fourth round from Missouri State um, in the FCS, Missouri Valley Conference. So it was a it was a good move, and uh, that, that time at wide receiver really helped me to be a better tight end in, in the receiving game. No, I mean, you know, you had a productive career. You were one of those guys, like you were one of those guys, the maddening guys. I'm sure that if you ever talk to like a Colts fan or a Titans fan, they probably don't like you because you had the knack <laughs> for the for making the plays like when just when it would hurt somebody the most and just being that kind of player. So I always admired that about you. And I thought you always stood out 
Did you ever know that I was making fun of you though on the uh, on the NFL Network? And if I and if and if you did, I I, I want to apologize right now. No, I never I never <laughs> knew that. I didn't honestly. I didn't pay much attention to it. I was always a guy that I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna do my job. And even like with Jacksonville, a couple of years, like we didn't have a fullback position. I'm playing yeah. fullback. I'm I'm playing fullback. You know, I'm a tight end in the in the roster, but I'm, you know on powers i'm blocking dns we're doing isos where i'm motioning the backfield i'm iso blocking a middle linebacker you know i'm doing the little flat routes and i'm gonna do that and you know looking back i think i should have maybe stayed in jacksonville when i went to new england i had the same offer you know the jags wanted to sign me for a few more years and i ended up going yeah. to new england getting hurt and then getting released halfway through the season and i'm bouncing around teams but i had the opportunity to stay long term in jacksonville so looking back, there's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently. And I love Jacksonville. I probably should have stayed. But I always thought that given the opportunity, um, I – Wait, know, hold I, on. I, I, Who wouldn't want to – if you get a chance to go to play with New England to, to have an opportunity to win a, a Super Bowl ring like Tom Brady's the quarterback, like nobody's going to fault you for that. Yeah, but, you know, it's 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 the business aspect of it. you got to look yeah. and say – they got Rob Gronkowski. They have Martellus Bennett. They just drafted AJ Derby. They got Michael Williams. They got a pretty full tight end room in, in the the Patriots. They're not if if they don't if you're not if you're hurt if you're not picking up the offense if there's something they don't like they'll cut anybody you know yeah, and I had such true. a good reputation in Jacksonville. I know we weren't winning, but uh, I really loved it there. I love the staff and that's all you know. You'll see a lot of players have uh, regrets and you know I don't look at it as regret. Um, you know, you learn from things like that, but, you know, looking back, I feel like if I would have been able to do it over again, I would have stayed in Jacksonville and just had a long career living in Jacksonville. I loved Florida. I love the the city. Duval County is, is great. So, but hey, yeah. you know, you live and you learn. All the Bears fans get upset when I give too much love to our friends down in Duval County, because I love the fan. I think the fans there are underrated. And I find them to be very passionate. And I'm also a wrestling guy, so now I watch AEW. So I'm yeah. I'm entwined in, in Jacksonville and in Duval County. But so I but again, like you went and played with the GOAT. Like that that seems that's a decision I feel like I would have made too. So I, I can't yeah. fault you for that. Like that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. I also uh, admired the fact that uh you showed up on the Bachelorette. It was uh Rebecca's season. I was yep. excited, I, I was pumped up. When you showed up, I thought that was cool. Cause like I, again, us fantasy people were, we're big clay Harbor guys. So yeah. when you showed up, I was like fired up. I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. And uh, we were invested in the show. Uh, how was that experience for you? Honestly, it was a really cool experience. Unfortunately, I got hurt on the I show. Know. I was, was playing football, football, right? Player who got hurt playing football, man. You know, your stuff. You're, I you watched the show. Things. This guy doesn't miss anything over here. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, I'm like, is this when I got hurt? I'm like, is this a joke? I'm like, how does this happen? I'm I'm over here playing with the best athletes in the world. And I break my wrist stiff arming a male model and uh, you know, and a beer salesman. I'm like, this is this you can't write this stuff. And it really happened. But what people don't know is the year before when I'm playing with New Orleans, the first game mm. of the season. I actually broke my wrist and my toe in the same game. Yeah. I had just been cleared to play again, and that was the first time the doctor didn't fix my wrist right. So I I rebroke it. Then I had to go and get it fixed, and then I did this whole rehab. And I actually had, and that was the last game I played was with the was actually on the Bachelor, which is hilarious. <laughs> but the the next the next off season, I have a bunch of workouts coming up, 
And because I was rehabbing my wrist, it was just like this crazy like events that happened leading up to this. So I have a bunch of workouts scheduled. I had the Bills and I had the 49ers. I'm in New York City rehabbing with the best wrist doctor, and there's no fields in New York City. So you have to find like places to play. Oh, the yeah. one turf field we had had concrete all the way around the field, like an arena football field almost. I'm running routes out there, just trying to get ready for this workout with the Bills, making sure my wrist is good, you know, my toes, everything's feeling better. Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator. Obviously, he's the head coach of the uh, the uh, Giants now, okay. but he was my tight end coach at New England, and I loved him. He loved me. You know, he wanted to bring me in, and, you know, he's like, you know, got a good chance to play. So you're healthy and in shape. We're going to sign you. Perfect. So two weeks beforehand, I'm, I'm running routes out in New York City. I run into my trainer, throws. I'm like, hey, just make sure you don't lead me into a wall out here. <laughs> I run a corner route. I lose track of where I am. He throws. Oh, wow. I run full speed into a wall. And I, I, my side, it's an open wound. It's I can barely walk and finally get to where I can run. I have to make a decision. Do I go to this workout with my side still locked up, but I can run yeah. finally by the time this comes? Or do I cancel and be like, hey, like if you guys still need a guy in a few weeks, like bring me back. So I'm, I'm like, dude, I can get through this. Because after this, there was like two and a half, three weeks until training camp. So I go, I get through this. I rehab, you know, and then I'll be ready to go for the season. So I just got to get through this workout, make sure everything's okay. I go to the workout, happy I made the decision. I'm running around, blocking him, catching everything. Halfway through the workout, I run a, a dig route that I've ran a million times. I end up tearing my groin on that side because everything oh. was so locked up and I was out for six months. I missed the whole season, had to cancel all my workouts. And that's how my career ended on the field, getting ready to sign with the bills would have been my, my 10th year. And I, uh, yeah. And I, I tore my groin and that was the last opportunity I got because I missed the whole year teams calling periodically through the year. Yeah. Hey, is this guy ready to go? And I wasn't because my groin, so it's it pretty crazy. Now I feel great. And I'm like, wow, I, I think I honestly, could still play but once you're out the league it's hard to get back in you know yeah understandably yeah once you once you've made that decision to move on i guess it's probably pretty difficult to ramp back up and get back out onto the field uh yeah. but did you ever like but i again i don't want to like harbor on the on the uh the bachelorette stuff did they ever ask you to be the bachelor though because that to me like of all the things i'm like why that that was the thing i think that offended me the most like, why are you, a, why are you on Rebecca's season? Like you should be the bachelor. Why, why yeah. was that never discussed? So, um, funny, funny thing about that is they wanted me to be in the, they wanted me to go to bachelor in paradise to have the opportunity to be the bachelor. They wanted me to go to the men tell all to have the opportunity to be the bachelor. And at that point, when I, right after my season, I'm like, no, I got to go rehab because I'm still yeah. playing football. So instead of going and continuing this bachelor world, I ended up going to try to, to rehab and get ready for football. And I made the right decision because I oh. didn't know that I was going to friggin' run into this wall, <laughs> end up tearing my groin. And after I did all that, I'm like, Hey, I'll go back on paradise and um, let's see what happens. And then, and then uh, paradise didn't go well for me. If you ever watched bachelor uh, paradise, because I didn't uh, want to bring up bachelor. I wasn't going to bring up BIP. I had a, I had a mental note not to bring up BIP, but yeah. yeah. So I may, I like was dating this girl and uh, we didn't get engaged. And it was weird how they edited it to make it look like I had like let her on. And we dated for two weeks. And I'm like, hey, I want to date you and see where this goes. And um, you know, people didn't like that. They want you to get down on the knee. And it's propose. crazy. Yeah. And then um, break up in a couple weeks. And I'm like, I'm just going to 
if I'm going to propose, I'm probably I'm going to do it once. You know, that's that's my thoughts about it. So I uh, I didn't propose. And a lot of people a lot of people thought it was a good idea. And like, hey, we respect that. And a lot of people like, oh, this guy, he's he let her on. He didn't even propose at the end. I'm like, yo, I knew her for two weeks. So let's <laughs> take this thing slow. You know, that was the point. See, I felt like you came off like the rational human being. That's why they don't like you on the reality TV, because that's a, a, a basic human response. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going on <laughs> yeah. television, dating somebody for two weeks in the in the tropics of Mexico and then getting engaged. That's insanity. I felt you made the right not, move. It does not play well for rational <laughs> for rational humans on that show. Like, hey, why don't we just date after this and then see what happens? Oh, absolutely not. Oh. I'm not wasting that time. It's been two weeks. What are you what are you That's talking about? Let's get to know each other. Let's meet each other's moms first. I don't know. Right? You don't even know her friends. Let's you know meet her fake your friends. friend. You know, let's go out to a dinner outside of the beach once. Oh my gosh. You know? Chris Harrison shows up and starts badgering you. Like, leave him alone. Man, you this know your a, stuff. I'm you know, this man's a legend. Listen, yeah. I I am not BSing you. Like, that's the one thing. Like, I would not pretend to 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 just to shower you with platitudes or anything like that. But I legitimately, and I've actually stopped. I've actually fallen off the bachelor. I think actually yeah. I took the bachelor in paradise worse than you. I think that's the last <laughs> time I watched it. I'm like, this is, un this is unconscionable. And I'm trying to, and my friends now, cause I'm a goofball. I'm like, Clay Harbor, yeah. like that's our guy from Jack. Like, like you're a Chicago guy that played for Jacksonville. Like this hits all the notes for me. Like if you started professional wrestling, I would be your biggest fan. Although I'm almost already there, but I listen, I was upset for you and I I'm uh I'm glad I'm glad though that you've recovered and you're doing well and everything's going uh good for you. I do want to ask though, uh so we start to to wrap up a little bit. Yeah. Going back to the Bears. Yeah. What is your expectations for the team this season? Like what are what are what should we and you're somebody who played, so you'll have, you know, as as fans, I'm like, they should win double digits. Why not? But realistically, what should be the expectations for the Bears this season? You know, I, I've i been going back and forth on this as a fan of what I expect, you know, and I my expectations are are kind of low. You know, I think maybe, a you know, a 500 season, obviously that's not mm -hmm. possible when you're playing 17. We could tie years. somebody, so <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess. But uh, I really do. I don't want to get people's hopes up, but I really think they're going to outplay their expectations. Yeah, I, I really think. You know, at first I'm like, no, just come in with even keel. But I really think this team is built in a way to where everybody's discounting them in the national media and nobody expects them to do anything. And that's when you take a lot of pressure off and you got fields coming into his second year. He's got some mm. experience under his belt. You got a guy like David Montgomery. Uh, Mooney's getting disrespected in the in the media. Komet's poised for a big year. Obviously, the O-line, you know, you have some issues there. But I think these guys can gel together. You don't have to have any superstars on an O-line to have a good, great offensive line. It's how you play together. A couple late draft picks, you know, see how they do. You know, Lucas Patrick, a couple of free agents. And then a young, hungry defense. Good draft for the defense. You know, obviously, you got to replace some guys. You got, you got Roquan Smith there in the middle. But I think this team could surprise some people and i think it will if you if you had to ask me i think you know there's this this team could could sneak in the playoffs and I, and I think it will my prediction um i'm i don't think the nfc north is what it was obviously you got to get past aaron rodgers there you got you know you got the lions you know they're always 
you know, kind of down too. So yeah. Vikings, Kirk Cousins is tough team, underrated team. You know, Jefferson, you got a lot of um, you got a lot of weapons on that team. And I think Kirk Cousins, you look at Kirk Cousins' stats, you think this guy would be winning Super Bowls, but yeah, he's not somehow. But I think it's a winnable division, and I I expect the Bears to my prediction is sneak in the playoffs, sneak in the wild card, and then you know, see what happens. See what happens. A lot like Philadelphia last year did with Jalen Hurts. So, and I guess yeah. I would assume that you feel pretty comfortable with Justin Fields and some of the things he was able to show last year. Cause that to me is the biggest, like probably the biggest key. I, I think Justin Fields has the ability. And if they run, you know, more play action, kind of play to his strengths, I think he has a, an, a I think he has a chance to break out this year. Yeah. I was very critical of, uh, of Justin Fields last year, you know, but I, you got to realize that this guy just turned 23 years old. I thought he was late on some throws, just looking at him. But then I, you know, you take a step back and you say, Hey, this guy got thrown in the middle of the season. He wasn't the guy getting the reps during OTAs or training camp or even preseason with the first team. You put this guy in the middle. What do you expect to happen? The offensive line isn't great. So looking at that, I think this year will be huge for him. And you saw the glimpses, the flashes of what he could do out the pocket, in the pocket. He made some great plays. And honestly, there was a lot of drops last year. Yeah. Like looking back at some of the game, even Allen Robinson, I'm looking back at some of these games. I'm like, dang, A-Rob was making those drops. Like there were some drops last year with some good balls with fields. And I expect him to really come back. The leader of this team now, he's putting in the work. He's earned the respect of the players and have a big year. So I'm a believer. I love to hear it. Yeah, I remember because I, I obviously I follow you on Twitter, so I remember. Listen, I, yeah. I, I was making mental notes. That yeah. you were, but I know that, but I know that you also played, and you, you watch it probably a little bit more differently than everybody else because yeah. you understand, you know, everything that we're seeing. But it feels like how big of it is, how big of a difference. But you mentioned it, you know, when you know it's your team. It's way different. And those first team reps, because, you know, he didn't work with Allen Robinson. So no. do a lot of those things like with Allen Robinson making drops last year, does that stem from the fact that, that you know, Justin Fields didn't really practice with him much? He's not going against the one. He's not playing with the ones, and he's not going against the one defense. It's a two-way street there. You know, being me being a career backup, um, you know, I'd be in on the two tight end sets, three tight But when I'm playing number one tight end, it, for me, I feel like it's almost discounting because I'm beating this dude right here like a drum, but I'm uh, this dude's not going to make the team. Right. And I'm like, okay. And then even the coaches and the players, like, oh, yeah, nice route. You just you know ran a route against you know, Sam Brown over here who's from you know Wesleyan Central University <laughs> who is a walk-on guy, you know, whatever. So you get to play against the starting defense. You get to see the speed of the game improves when you're playing against these guys on the first team. And you also get to build – that repertoire, you get to build that experience with the number one guys. Now he's going to be thrown to the guys he's going to be thrown to in the game. And so the second team guys, the second team tight end playing into second defense. So to me, that's huge. And training camp OTAs, not just because you're getting the reps with the guys, but because the competition you are playing against is more realistic. And you're, you're getting to play against all pro middle linebacker Roquan Smith every day instead of the second team linebacker that probably wouldn't be starting on any team. It's going to make you better and you're going to be better because you're playing against, you know, the the with your your the team you're going to be playing with in the game. No, it makes a lot of sense and it's one of the reasons why I again, I feel like they're definitely going to be making a run for the playoffs. I love it. You know, everybody talks about Detroit and every year yeah. Detroit's going to make a run every year and it never happens. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota, as you said, Kirk Cousins 
is a great statistical quarterback and it's never <laughs> translated. Green Bay is going to be fine, but when you look at their receiver room compared to the Bears receiver room, like I, I'm not saying Alan Lazard is not better than Darnell Mooney. No, Sammy Watkins to me is not better than Byron Pringle. Like, yeah, it's very easy. Like, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but it's like, yeah. I don't think that I don't think Bear fans need to concede anything. And if everybody wants to come onto our social medias and be like, you guys are trying to make something out of nothing, like, well, number one, we're fans, so yes. And number yeah. two, like there is evidence here that this could be a very good team. And to mention the defense completely rebuilt in the secondary. So I I kind of like it. I like that you're on board with me. I'm on board, man. And it's funny, you you know your stuff. Like you you saw me some of these tweets of fields last year, but oh, I saw you know, taking a step outside the box and you know, looking back and what he did and this year, I'm really excited to see him. I know in the past I'm saying, okay, this guy's late. He's not picking up his reads. But then you look at why. And I, I'm excited. I think he's going to make, and you hear coming out of the locker room, the guys talk about him, the coaches talk about him. You love to pull for a guy that is putting in the work and that is a, a, a true leader. And I love the fact that that's what he's doing and that's how he's portraying himself in in my experience, that always works. That always pays off. If you're the guy that's doing, you're the first one and the last one out, you're really the leader of the team and you really, it really care, you really care and it matters to you, that's going to trickle down to the whole team and that's going to be their personality this year. So I'm really excited. I'm happy Fields is the leader of uh, my lifelong team born into Bears fandom with my mom, my dad, my whole family, both grandmas, big Bears fans. So I'm excited. No, I love it. My, by the way, what do you do when you're an NFL player and you're playing in Jacksonville? Do you still sort of follow the Bears and you still, I mean, obviously if you're playing them, you want to beat them, but do you kind of still pull for the Bears even though you're playing for another team? Yeah, I would pull for the Bears, obviously, unless I wasn't playing for them. So I'd, I'd look at the, you know, after you're done, you get on the bus, you know how you played, you check the stats, you look at some of your old teammates, you've seen what they're doing, like, oh, wow, he had... Like Selleck, when I'm in the Jaguars, they go, Selleck had a big game. Text him, hey, nice work, man. You had five for 80. You know, what are they doing? Are you, you're getting younger over there? What's happening? You know, you message some of your buddies or you see one of your buddies got their brains beat in. Man, what kind of defense you guys running over there? Hey, shut up, bro. It was a tough game. You know, and I'd always look at the Bears, and that was when I was with Jacksonville. I'd look at the Eagles, see how they were doing. Um you know, no tight ends had numbers. Yeah, I bet they wish they wouldn't have cut me now. You ah. know, something like that. So you always look at your team and your old players and uh, see how they're doing throughout the whole the whole year. Would you have ever played for the Packers? You know, my dad, I remember talking to my dad about this. And um, he he's like, if, if the Packers draft you, you can't go. But I mean, he, he's a he was not so much as he was anymore, but he was a diehard Bears fan. I remember my first game. My first year, I'm a rookie. I ended up having, I actually had three catches that game against the Bears. I only had like 10 catches my whole rookie year. And um, he showed up the game in Soldier Field with half my family. And my dad is wearing a Bears jersey and I'm playing <laughs> with the Eagles in an Eagles hat. I'm like, come on, dad. He goes, hey, man, I got the hat on. I'm like, I know, but like, dude, like, you got to pull your, I'm your son, you know, and you're still wearing this Bears jersey. Come on. Did, you, did your teammates see that? Oh, yeah. Afterwards by the bus, they oh, saw half no. my family like split between Eagles no. and Bears stuff. And they're yeah, they're giving me a hard time. Like, hey, man, these guys are guys are lifers. This guy still talks about the 85 Bears like it happened last week. Like, man, this guy's, you know, he's lifetime Bears fan. Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine having to take the ribbing that you did when you got back on that bus and they saw. It. Although I will tell you that Barry Sanders dad did the same thing to him. When he went to he went to Oklahoma State and his dad still rooted for Oklahoma 
And I think like, I think if you go to, if you go to Mr. Sanders house now, his Oklahoma helmet is still there. So you're, you're in good company there with the parents. I, I think my dad would be the same way too. Like if I, if I played for the, not that I was a good player, uh, but if I played for like the, although my dad hated the 49ers and the Washington team more than anybody, like he didn't like green Bay, obviously, but Washington and San Francisco were two teams that he loathed and I will never have anything to do with. So I would imagine I would have been in the same boat. So I can understand. Yeah. These guys are crazy. They, 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 they really love the Chicago bears. Some of these old heads. It's hardcore, man. Those guys, uh, and my dad's like, and he would, he, he would try to guilt me into, he's like, yeah. And if your grandpa ever saw you playing for the Packers, I'm like, we'll see, man. There's a, there's a one in 31, 32 chance that I get drafted by him. And luckily I didn't, didn't have to deal with that. Or he would have been, you know, he wouldn't have been happy for me playing with the Packers. Oh my gosh. Like you made it to the NFL. Your grandfather wouldn't have been happy with that. Like the dream of being an NFL player, but you know, it's the Packers. I can't allow this. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's literally tough. what you're saying. It's crazy. That's a, that's a tough life. Um, but listen, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us here today. We've wanted to do it. I've wanted to do it for, for quite some time. Uh, big fan. Listen, legitimately big fan. We loved you when you played, loved you on the bachelor. Uh, love following you on Twitter now and uh, appreciate you being a part of this. Hopefully we can have you back at some point, but uh, if you want to go ahead and tell everybody how to follow you on social media, I would like to implore everybody to do that right now. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Um, Twitter, my uh, Twitter handle is just clay Harbs 82. I tweet a lot of uh, Eagles, Jaguars, bears, uh, NFL stuff. And then, um, you know, Instagram, more of a lifestyle type page, but uh, clay Harbs 82 on Instagram and uh, if I do a lot of uh, motivational speaking. If anybody needs a speaker out there, uh, my website is clayharboronline.com, and I'm happy to um, chat with you guys about that as well. Appreciate you having me on, Adam. It's been fun, and I am, uh, I'm free anytime. Love talking Bears. Love talking football. All right. Well, we're going to hold you to that. Thank you so much for being here. The great Clay Harbor. There he goes. Uh, cannot thank him enough for being a part of the show today, and thanks to everybody who uh, has logged in and has listened. By the way, if you're watching the show right now, and we mentioned this at the top of the show, talking about Frank Gore. Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer? Make sure in the comments you leave. Uh, let us know what you think. Yes or no. I will say this. Frank Gore is going to go to the Hall of Fame. And it is one of those things that like he's got the statistics for it. Now you ask me, is he on the level of guys like Walter Payton and LaDainian Tomlinson? I think that's a different conversation. But as far as the NFL, the voting goes and everything like that, I think that he eventually does make it. But you know what? That is a subject for another show. So for uh, for all the folks here, for Sammy and for everybody here with the Sick Podcast, we want to thank you for being here. Make sure you like and subscribe. Spread the word. Tell everybody you know that you should be listening to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. And until next week, we will see you Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to have another Take It to the Rank. We're going to have Carmen Vital with us. She is awesome. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. So make sure you join us Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, until then, bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.